Our gospel reading is going to be read to us today from the 10th chapter of Mark, beginning at verse 35. Glory to you, O Lord. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they came to the teacher, they came to Jesus, and they said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And Jesus replied, What do you want me to do? And they said that they would like him to let, let one of them sit at his right and one and the other at his left in glory. And Jesus said, you do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with a baptism that I am baptized? And they answered, we can. But Jesus said, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. And then the ten heard about this, and they became indignant with James and John. And Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great amongst you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to join me now as we pray together uh, the Holy Spirit prayer, either silently or aloud, and we can gather together for our time of meditation. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit, we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in your consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, I've been all over the place this week with this passage before us today. In a certain sense, our thoughts and our reflections our conversations that we have amongst ourselves and with God, they are all a part of what it means for us to be on this journey together, on this walk of faith, with each other and with God. It's all a part of the journey. And I take solace and I take comfort and I take assurance, and I think you can too, from the words of Reverend Timothy Atkins Jones, he's a professor of preaching at Union Theological Seminary in New York. Sounds pretty impressive, right? This is what he writes. Making sense of this world is an ongoing endeavor, unanswered by any one sermon, any one devotion, or any one study. And he goes on, he says, I'm glad to know that we serve a God who refuses to allow that conversation to end. Well, I would like to think that it's more than just conversation that God refuses to have come to an end. I really believe that God refuses to allow questioning to come to an end, that God refuses to allow reflection and thought to come to an end. And for that matter, God refuses to allow the opportunity for service to come to an end. 
Which for me then begs the question that I think all of us perhaps should be thinking about. And that is, where have your God conversations taken you this week? Well, maybe I'll ask that in, in, in a future tense. Where will your God conversations take you this coming week? We don't really know, do we? Where have you, where have you and your God thoughts and your God reflections taken you this week? Another question, where have your opportunities for service taken you over this past week or the last couple of weeks? One of the questions that we ask of our confirmation is that we ask them to think about each week is where has your God sighting been this week? Not just necessarily something that you see, but something perhaps that you heard, something that you experienced, something that uh, was an event in your life that you considered to be a God sighting. And we ask them to identify that, and we ask them to articulate that uh, during class. We also ask our students to keep a... Um, a reflection book, uh, what do you call those? A journal, there you go. We have them write journals, and I think one of the things that we ask of them is to write in their journal where their God sighting has been. Well, I was thinking about that, and I was reflecting back over my life and thinking about those people who have exemplified a life of service. And when I say life of service, they are those people who I have come to know and to trust as mentors, as living examples in my life. Those who, with humility, have attempted to keep their eyes on Jesus, who have lived lives of hospitality, of graciousness, and selflessness. Their lives and their actions gave witness, and they still do to this day continue to give witness to their faith and to their trust in Jesus. Now, this might surprise you that one of those persons in my life who was a person who exemplified a life of service, one of those persons in my life was one of my roommates in college. And you're going, oh, that's kind of a surprising thing, isn't it? To think that perhaps a 19 or 20-year-old person could actually be a person who exemplifies a life of service? Well, I've met him in college, and as I got to know him and got to know him better, he was and he still is one of the most selfless, gracious, and generous persons that I have had the privilege to know in my lifetime. He was not only a friend and continues to be a friend, he was a roommate, and he was a person to me who already understood and had the knowledge and the way of life that exemplified service and hospitality and generosity. And part of the reason is, is because he is a man of faith who simply lives life simply and faithfully with absolutely no need for recognition. I have no doubt that he has touched thousands of people's lives with his selfless, gracious life witness. And I count him as one of my very early mentors, along with a number of other special people in my life, who have never sought recognition for what they have done. They were people of faith 
And many are still living today. They're living examples and people of faith who continue to be teachers and mentors. Bud Hawkins, many of you know Bud Hawkins, one of our oldest members here. He quoted his pastor this past Tuesday in Men's Fellowship, a pastor that he had. It's quite amazing that sometimes pastors actually say something that people remember <laughs> and can be quoted years later. Well, this is something that he remembers his pastor from Salem Lutheran out in Florida who said to him a number of years ago in one of his sermons. He said, everything that needs to be done in this world could be done were it not for recognition. Think about that. Everything that needs to be done in this world could be done were it not for recognition. Get out of ourselves, huh? I think we would do well to take some time to reflect and think about those people in our lives who have been teachers and mentors of service, of graciousness and humility, and who simply and faithfully do and serve with no expectation or motive for self-recognition. And I have no doubt that some of those people that are already coming into your mind right now, they are people that are sitting right here in the midst of this congregation right now. As the words to the hymn, Will you let me be your servant? The words express, We are pilgrims on a journey. We are travelers on the road. We are here to help each other walk the mile and bear the load. I still find the words of David Lose. David Lose is a professor and now a pastor of a fairly large Lutheran congregation in Minneapolis. He's written many, many inspiring things. But this is one of the things that he wrote that has continued to challenge me and to continue to, to uh, encourage me on my journey of faith. He says that Jesus' whole life, Jesus' whole life, including his self-sacrificing death, challenges not only our assumptions, but the very powers that be with the surprising and life-giving revelation that as we lose ourselves in service, we find ourselves living more fully than ever before. As we lose ourselves in service, we find ourselves living more fully than ever before. And then he goes on, he says, it's an example and sacrifice that was validated in the resurrection. And for that matter, it is also validated in our own lives as we give ourselves away in service and love only to discover a depth and a quality of life we'd never experienced before. I think that is a thought worth contemplating and challenging ourselves with, that as we lose ourselves in service, we will find ourselves living more fully than ever before. 
And I would hope that you would take some time to think back and reflect upon your life and those times and places when you have completely given of yourself with no expectation of recognition whatsoever and perhaps begin to realize that, yes, it was a time in my life when I was living more fully than I ever was before in that service. And you probably still are. The other thing that I have been cognizant and mindful of is the reality that for some in our midst, they have come to that point in their life's journey that makes it more difficult, if not impossible, for them to be of service to others any longer. And it's either because their physical capabilities or their mental capacity is limited to the point that they now, more than ever, need to be a receiver of our service and our help. And I think this is where we need to remind ourselves again of the way of Jesus. When we look back on the life of Jesus and we see the way in which he stood in solidarity with people who were in pain, Jesus did that all the time. Jesus stood with and served the weak and the vulnerable time and time and time again. And for many of us, the day is perhaps coming when we will reach a point or have a time in our lives when we will need the help of others and the service of others. And may we have the grace to let others be our servant in our time of greatest need. Even within the context of our own com community here at Mount Olive, there have been numerous people who have been and continue to be grateful for the ways in which you have lived that life of service, extending your time, extending your presence, and your assistance to them. And on behalf of all of those people who have been recipients of your service, of your kindness, of your empathy, I want to say to you, thank you. There's one thing I know for sure. It took a long time for the disciples of Jesus to get it. Today's passage before us is another example of that. It took a long time for them to even get Jesus. It took a long time for them to understand the demands of this call to follow Jesus. It took them a long time to grasp what it meant to be a servant. And the reality is, none of them, none of them got it completely right. And nor will either of us, none of us will ever get it completely right. At the same time, we are blessed. We are blessed to have Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And as Reverend Helen Hunt said, who is the perfect model of what this journey looks like at its most faithful. And as Reverend Dan Erlander has so aptly stated, all of these stories, all of these gospel encounters that we have with Jesus, they are hearing events. They are stories that over a period of time, if we allow it to and allow the Spirit to work in our lives, this hearing events, these stories that over time, they eventually they gently break into our hearts Demanding, creating change. I know that rings true for me. And I would venture to say that perhaps it also rings true for you. 
That call is the same today as it is every single day. That call is come and follow me. And sometimes it takes a long time for some things to sink in and to come to fruition. And it has taken a long time for those stories and these hearing events to gently break into our lives of faith, eventually causing and creating change. And, by the way, it still is. It is a daily baptismal calling to die with Christ and to rise up with Christ to serve. I leave you again with the blessing of the Moravian hymn. With your presence, Lord, our head and Savior, bless us now, we humbly pray. Our dear Heavenly Father's love and favor be our comfort every day. May God's Spirit now in each proceeding favor us with his most gracious leading. Thus shall we be truly blessed, both in labor and in rest. Amen. And now in our time of reflection uh, and contemplation, hear these words from Paul's letter to the Philippians. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him in the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen.